We are joined in studio, Richo, by a friend of yours, Kate Hoskin. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> great, great. Good to morning, be here. Paul. Well, I've been chasing, I've been chasing Kate to come into the studio for a while, but she's pretty busy, sort of family life and professional life. So, oh. finally fitting in on a Sunday. <laughs> we had to schedule it about a month ago. <laughs> <laughs> Have your people call my people. Exactly. Yeah, we'll so, do lunch. Um, so. Okay, tell us tell us about um, the business you're working with, um, Mighty Mighty Craft Limited. Yeah, that's yep. right. Um, so Mighty Craft is um, it's an all Australian portfolio of booze, basically. Yep. Um, we own or part own or um, are involved in the ownership of about six breweries and four distilleries across Australia. Um, the whole point being that as a group um, we're mightier together. Um, to take on the big boys, you know, the maybe the companies that are owned overseas or, you know, might have a lot more money. And so we sort of group it all together in one portfolio. And, um, and, and yeah, we, we do a lot of work with a lot of bars in Australia, a lot mm-hmm. of festivals. Um, and there's not really been a better time to drink local, really. So we're having a really good time with it. Yeah. What was the, how did it start? What was the first brand? Um, or the first few I think uh, it may have been Seven Seasons and Jetty Road, but I could be wrong on that. It all happened quite quickly, I yeah. think. Yeah, well, what, what it, in terms of the distilleries, let's talk about Adel- um, 78 Degrees. Yeah, 78 Degrees. So I was, uh, yeah, so I was working with them for, for quite a while before we uh, joined the Mighty Craft portfolio. Yeah. Um, so 78 Degrees is a distillery in Adelaide Hills, like right in the middle of wine country. Um, kind of near Harndorf, if you know South Australia at mm. all. Captain Harn. <laughs> I reckon I had one of the best pork knuckles I've ever had at the Harndorf <laughs> Hotel. Or yeah, big, um, big German, uh, you know, ex... Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's a pretty, pretty little town. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful yeah. town. Yeah. 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 Really beautiful. Um, so, yeah, Sasha Laforge um, started uh, the distillery about 2014. Um, and even that was sort of like a commune. Um, the place is called Lot 100. Um, the site where they make everything. And so there's a distillery there, um, obviously. Mismatch Brewing is also based there and yep. the Hill Cider as well. Um, yeah, and they've been making gin for a long time recently, vodka, beautiful vermouth, um, and we've put out whiskey in the last couple of years. It's been doing really, really well. Mm. It's, um, yeah, so where, are we going to find these in retail, these brands? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. We actually have a pretty good relationship with Uncle Dan. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find, uh, I believe, three of our gins. Um, we have three different varieties of, of gin in, in, I think, every Dan Murphy's in Australia. So our classic gin is there. Uh, we have a sunset gin, which uses some native botanicals as well. Yeah. Uh, and our desert strength gin as well. So this is 78 78 degrees, degrees yeah. 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 We um, were talking a, a little bit before we had Angus Hewson, who was running a non-alcoholic wine show, but you've got a non-alcoholic cider, don't you? Yes, we do. Um, we have a one, non-alcoholic cider, and I think I'm okay to say we have a non-alcoholic beer coming from Mismatch. Ooh, you heard it first. In yeah. the next two weeks. Um, so it's oh, a zero wow. as opposed to low? Uh, I don't think you can claim zero... 
as zero, absolute zero. Yeah, it's less uh, than due 0. to the process, but oh, yeah. you have to put point oh. Uh, yes, that's right. Less than 0.5. I say my mum, hello mum if you're listening and hello dad, they're probably <laughs> on their last leg up to cans listening in the car. Mum's not much of a drinker, so I got onto that stuff at Christmas, but dad accidentally bought the wrong six pack, like one of the <laughs> alcoholic ones and one of the non-alcoholic <laughs> ones as well. Um, yeah, that was a good day. <laughs> they're tasty though, I like it. I think it's really great. Well, it's the, the difference is, right, cider is a strange beast in Australia. Yeah. Um, you have... Half of the producers are more than half of the producers are importing concentrated, well, powder from overseas. Is that really reconstituting wow. it with water, adding alcohol, and then putting it out? I'm not obviously going to name any, any no, no, brands, no. Mm, no. Um, and, and plenty of sugar in there as well. And I think cider's got a really bad rap now. People base their thoughts on cider on the biggest brands, but yeah. they're not necessarily even made out of real apples so you know wow. we're really always uh, get into it any way you can yeah we're always you know <laughs> promoting um obviously ourselves hill cider but um plenty of other great australian producers who actually you know use make real fruit apples. <laughs> yeah you yeah. have thought yeah, yeah. cold stream hills they make they, the, the cidery out there is lovely yeah i mean you know willie smith's is a great well, example yeah. harcourt napoleon, napoleon. Yeah. yeah they're they're huge out in the valley well we love anybody who makes you know, supports Australian farmers, obviously, mm. because um, it, it, what Australia needs these, yeah. these communities to do well. Totally. Um, but the hill stuff, there's some pretty funky gear coming out too. What's this? What's the? There's a sour cider that is it tropical sour? Yeah. So that is one of my favourite knockoff drinks of all time. Simon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's basically um, a carbonated, very alcoholic version of a fruit cup. Right. Uh, <laughs> Two point four standards or something. Um, so we take, so we take five types of fresh apples, uh, and we get pineapples and mangoes from Queensland, and we yeah. crush and co-ferment them, and then we use a bit of a beer thing. So we kettle sour it. So right. we introduce lactobacillus, and it sours it out. So um, it does sit at eight percent, and it comes in a, a can, and I think a four pack is about eighteen or twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it just balances it out. So instead of using like a citric acid or anything, because we never add anything at all to the ciders. Mm -hmm. um, if we need to sweeten it up, we'll just add some more fresh juice. Um, so instead of using a citric acid or an adjunct, we yeah we sour it like a beer. It's mm. very cool. Wow, it's yeah. delicious. It's one of the great <laughs> knockoffs. You know, the alcohol probably helps. Just to, that one drink. You know, <laughs> Do one can. You're gonna one, one, you one can. No, no, I've never had a four pack of it. But <coughs> the one can before you open a nice bottle of wine. We're on the wine show, of course. Mm. But you know, it's it's pretty delicious stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So your listeners might know Vintelopus. So we also shared the site. We do share the site up there with Vintelopus oh, at yeah. lot one hundred um, at seventy eight degrees. Mm. Um, um, so that um, so that uh, Hills Cider is the brand that we're talking about with yeah. the um, with the other yeah. Um, that sounds interesting. Though. What's the what's the um, the beer called? The sour beer that they make over um, yeah, overseas. Oh, like oh, lamb 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 or yeah yeah yeah. There's quite a few styles. Yeah, it's it was an interesting thing because in the wine industry, of course, we don't want that type of yeast. Britannomyces getting anywhere mm. near anything, yeah. but they, the brewers love it. So we had um, Costa Nikias from La Serene on the show. Well, I had him on last year at some point, and of course, like being he, he did vintages at Bass Philip, 
So, but he all all of his beers are so incredible, and and he loves that yeast. But he's got to keep it well away mm. from yeah, other you things. Well. <laughs> You've got to cultivate it and really take care of it. Yeah, that's true. The we yeah. So another of the brands that we have is Ballistic from Queensland. Fantastic brewery. Yeah. Uh, they have a bunker project, which we do quite a lot of sort of collab and. Um, you know, wild fermentation and barrel aging and things like that. But we did a Britannomyces Saison, and as soon as you see that as a wine person, you go, oh, God, yeah. what's that? <laughs> but, yeah, quite Tasty important. Tasty, though. I'd uh, love to mention um, Seven Seasons as well, um, yep. just as one of my favourite pull-outs from the, the portfolio. Um, I mean, it's like saying you have a favourite child, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but um been doing a lot of work with Daniel Motlop, who's one of the uh, other owners of that brand. Um, you listeners might know him from his AFL days. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. he went away from AFL thinking what he wanted to do next, and he started something wild. So anyone who's been to the Adelaide markets might have seen um, it's a native ingredient wholesaler. Basically, he works with communities mm-hmm. to supply the markets with uh, ingredients that you know potentially no one would have seen before, mm. um, and then after that, um, we actually started making some gin with him back at seventy-eight degrees uh, about five or six years ago, and yep. now he's got his own brand, Seven Seasons. Yeah, they're some of the most interesting, but also, you know, if you want to talk about a deep connection to the land, which it's hard for me to find sometimes. Um, there's an authenticity about what they do. So talk us through the, the – there's a bush apple gin, and then my favourite is the green ant gin. Yeah, green ant gin is <laughs> – Green ant gin. Yeah, wow. Oh, it's unreal. So the idea is that eventually there will be seven spirits. Um, each one will exemplify one of the seasons that's observed by the Larrakian people of the Northern Territory. Yep. And we have – Three releases at the moment. Very soon to be four. What's the third one? Because I, I don't know if I've native heard that. yam vodka. Oh, the yam vodka. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but wow. bush apple gin is fantastic. So bush apples are in the lily pilly family, um, but they're rather larger. Um, they grow um, in a particular season, monsoon season, and um, the Larrakian women are the only people who are allowed to pick it. Right. Um, so we get. We buy that by the ton from the community and then we make a gin out of it. And it's a pink gin, but it's super floral and it's got heaps of like orange blossom on the yeah. nose, And um, but it's dry. So it works everywhere that you would use an oral gin. It's yeah. really cool. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I think it's really important to to note that some money's going back to communities here that, that might need it as well. Um, yeah. and, and this green ant thing, you know, it's not like... You know, we sort of go out there and just take whatever ingredients we want. These are these are sourced. I wouldn't say ethically is the right word, but they're sourced. You know, with an eye to maybe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and what does the what does the green ants do to the flavour of the gin? Because they're sort of macerated. I know there are ants in the bottle as well, but yeah, the, the ants in the bottle are really just there to because people have a hard time believing that there's actually ants in it. So you yeah. actually have to put some ants in the bottle so that there's yeah. no question. Yeah. Um, Green ants are fantastic to eat on their own. Um, they have a little acid sack on the back and they don't actually bite you, they spit on you um, <laughs> and you get a little burn. And so that burn, it's very high in like a citric acid. Um, and yeah, for- citric formic acid, acid I think. For, yeah, yeah. And, and basically when you eat them um, straight off the tree, if you will, they give you like a really lime, sherbet-y kind of flavour. They pop, don't they? They really pop. pop. They have a yeah. citrus pop, yeah. Mm. Uh, but... 
when you distill them, you do get that, but you also get really fantastic gin botanical flavours mm. like coriander, yeah. lavender, lime leaf. Um, just delicious, mm. really delicious. And so that's it's, that's all you're distilling with is the ants or the other. No, so we use bubiala, which is uh, native juniper. Yep, as well. Um, and finger limes and a couple other things. Yeah, well. right. Yeah, fi- <laughs> we've got to curse Rene Redzepi a little bit with finger <laughs> limes because they were, you know, all these cool producers. Mount Uncle's another one who, in their Navy Strength gin, use a lot of finger limes, but then he brought Noma down, put it all over the internet, made it cool, and the price went up significantly. Right. And it's, they're pretty hard to source now. But I suppose you kind of have to. A lot of what we're trying to do with Seven Seasons is bring these items into a commercial arena yeah it, it is daniel motlop does want you know Mots wants that he wants to shine a light on these ingredients make them popular you know have the communities booming supplying lots of people in the in the right way um so i guess we kind of wait for to get over that initial hump of you know uh ubiquity and excitement and yeah. and then maybe have you know more indigenous producers uh, you know bring the cost down yeah well, I did know. I did talk to you a while ago. I was watching a documentary on the all the recruits coming into the AFL draft, yeah. and they were f- following Daniel Motlop because his son was getting drafted as Jesse. well. Yeah, and at the moment he was getting drafted, <laughs> Daniel was pouring like martinis for everyone with his own. He missed it. It was kind of <laughs> it's a pretty sweet moment. But then they they go off and talk with um, one of the other one of the cousins when they're going fishing somewhere up in Darwin, talking about. The, the gins and that sort of thing. It's pretty cool stuff. Yeah. I like that. I wanted to talk a little bit, Kate, because you've done a lot of work around Melbourne and some of the great cocktail bars around. What, what's what's trending at the moment? What's happening on the scene? Ooh. Big question without notice. New <laughs> bars? Yeah, lots of great new bars. I I think this, the scene is, is really, obviously it's booming at the moment, but there's so much... So much going, uh, so much hardship on on the industry at the moment. Yep. I uh, was at Nick and Nora's last night yep. in the city. Absolutely packed to the rafters. Great cocktails going out, but you know they really struggling to find enough staff to mm. to, to you know to, to keep up. Everybody wants to drink, but there's not so many people who can cope with serving five thousand cocktails in an evening. So oh, yeah. it's an attri- um, it's a war of attrition sometimes. <laughs> right? Working in hospitality, but there's a but there's a skilled labour aspect to it, isn't it? You can't oh, just absolutely. chuck anyone in there. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. Bourbon and coke is not a cocktail. Uh, yeah, Simon. that's so. right. And like <laughs> taking a crown seal off a beer is not a cocktail. <laughs> no, it's not. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but, um, I mean, so I think Romeo, Romeo Lane closed yesterday as well. Uh, I think, yes, they have, um, I, they may pop up in a new spot, oh, I believe. Let's hope so, yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, absolutely, we hope so. Um, yeah, I think that they uh, they have an issue with uh, uh, yeah, the space. Yeah, the space, yeah, but it's hard, yeah. To get, it's hard to get chefs at the moment. And I was out in the valley last week out at uh, Oak Ridge doing a couple of days out there with the, the Dan Murphy's crew and... Yeah, it's just it's always been hard to find labour out in the country, mm. but it's really hard at the moment. And then, of course, yeah, just finding. And I think a lot of people during COVID. So we had um, Will Sleeman came into the sh- into the store yesterday to spruik a few gins and whatnot. But you know, you sort of what are you going to do for two years when the bars are shut? So you're going to have to do something else. So mm. I think we've lost some of our best bartenders. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. That's and a, then especially coming back into it, and then having to deal with, um, you know, people get drunk or. They can be quite 
argumentative or there's not enough space for someone. Um, and all of us, I think, are, have a little bit of PTSD in terms of how we interact socially. It's mm. harder to deal with mm. um, customer-facing uh, roles, I think. Yeah, but, and then the, the lack of staff means that the service is a bit slower, and then there's frustration and all of that. Exactly. It's, just this <laughs> it's a bit. <laughs> it's a snowball, isn't it? Yeah. 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 In, a, uh, in answer to your question though, earlier, um, what's what's exciting to drink at the moment? Let's keep it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> on keep, happy keep, note. keep it up, vibe. Um, happening. I see a lot of non-alc, obviously, or low and no. A um, lot yeah. of really fantastic, you know, pages in a cocktail menu that actually have spent some time and on. on creating something really fantastic that's got less alcohol in it. Yeah. Um, sherry's, uh, sherry and v- vermouth in cocktails is, is mm. really is really exciting at the moment. Mm. Um, I think wine and food influence in Melbourne is always going to be something that, you know, yeah. pops up in a cocktail circuit in Melbourne. Yeah, we're pretty lucky here with that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and I we had a, was it a London Calling? I think at the at the attic bar recently, yeah, which is which has <laughs> definitely um, got s- some sherry in it. Sherry's making a bit of a comeback, but it's a slow burn. Um, we were talking before, uh, you know. So fifty percent of drinkers in Australia by twenty twenty six are going to be millennials. That's going to be the population breakdown. Wow. So we have to make things that are going to appeal to them. So because mm. we're going to lose them in other categories. So like piquettes and cans and all sorts of stuff are, are making a pop. Had a really fantastic. Is it Ravensworth from Marin Bateman? Oh yeah, Brian um, Martin coming yeah. on the show next week. Actually, oh, oh good. Yeah. yeah, yeah, awesome. We had um, Darcy Kerno from Delia yep. um, gave us a bottle of this uh, rosé that was made out of sherry. Sherry grape. Oh yeah, he he had a. Um, it was Nebbiolo rosé in barrel under floor yeast. That's the sort of guy he is, really? Brian Martin. He he turned his own butter. He's one of my heroes. <laughs> I love the guy God, so much. God, it was delicious. Yeah, he's amazing. He it's made just... a pet nat gamay that was just like. <laughs> it was just the first time I'd had a wine in such a long time that really blew my mind as something yeah. I'd never tasted before. Yeah. You know, I was picking up these notes of like a dry sherry, but it was, it, I wouldn't put it quite as quaffable, but no. it was almost quaffable, you know. Yeah, I think Great. it's it's try and make wine interesting again to to bring new consumers in. Mm. One of the things we spoke about last week on the show, Simon, was, you know, we're going to lose, if we have uh, decriminalised or legal growing of marijuana in Australia, uh, we see this in California all the time, losing grape vineyards to to growing hemp plants to, to because you're going to make a lot more money doing that. Yeah, right. So that could be an issue going forward here as well. well we don't want that. Well, I, I mean, I'm, I drink a lot of wine, so I yeah. don't want that either. But it's just these are challenges facing facing the category. I think. Yeah. Um, one challenge we have is that we only have a minute and a half to go. Oh. So just be aware of that. <laughs> um, and we got uh, Lawrence and James are, um, are sitting ready to uh, to do scouting around. So, but um, Kate, it's been great having you in. Thank you for for coming in. It's it's. It's really. It's never long enough, is it? It never hours? is, and um, it uh, yeah, it's it's really fascinating all this this craft gin, and you know, it's just you know, there's new varieties and new brands coming all the time, and really interesting things, aren't they, that people are doing? And um, I'll get you back on, and we'll have to talk more about your. Travels overseas and fun stuff, things like that, okay. I reckon. <laughs> Happy yeah. people call me people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we can yeah, talk well, about we that over lunch. need to book it in now we for uh, it over lunch. We'll get the diary July, out. yeah? Yeah. 
Um, so where are you heading today, Kate? With, you know, I'm going to go to the Recklink Community Cup today. After lunch with Richo, I'm going to go to the Recklink Community Cup and uh, and go and watch the Rock Dogs play. Huh. And then uh, next week we've got uh, Keith Tullock and Savannah Peterson, Brian Martin from Ravensworth and Ella Stennings coming on. She's going to be talking about, they are going to be talking about inclusivity and, you know, lots of issues happening in the industry at the moment too. So it should be a lot of fun.